forgot his name. <laughs> but <laughs> um, who want to pray us then? Anyone? Any volunteer? Before I start calling names. Just call me. Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for gathering us here, Lord, to, to go into your word, to learn about your word, and to learn more about you, Lord. Um, and I pray that as, as Marty is teaching, Lord, that you speak through her and that where it penetrates our hearts, so we need, need to hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> for, the, for those of y'all that don't know, it is live on all Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So tune in. I will send a link. So if there's anything that you have missed in the prior weeks before, it is up there. Okay. I mean, I don't consent to this, but it's the program. So. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did not sign any contract. But um, today's lesson is going to be a continuum of what we began this year with Beanie starting it. By, he named it saying, going back to the basics. So he talked about how the Bible is the word of God and how we know it is the word of God, meaning that it is... From the beginning to the end, it doesn't contradict itself. Um, and I really loved his lesson. So um, I want to continue on that. I'll be talking about the Bible. But also, um, Bob did a lesson, a wonderful lesson, about is God real? It was a very complicated lesson, very interesting lesson, yes. And um, was it recorded? Yes. Okay. It's on there, guys. Okay, it's on there. You guys should listen to it. You might need to listen to it like a couple of times to fully understand what he's saying. Guys remember the column. Yeah, it's a lot of theories and scientific study and physics and Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> He'll figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, he talked about is God real and. We came to the conclusion that he is. He is the one true God. So we have, is God real? One true God, yes. And then Beanie talked about the Bible. Word of God, is it the truth? And are we supposed to follow it? And we came to the conclusion, that yes. So I'll add it to that. As um, my topic would be um, how to study the Bible because it is our um, spiritual instruction manual. So we'll all be connected. Um, full disclosure, disclosure, because this is being recorded, this, is, this lesson is not fully mine. Okay, I added to it. But I heard this teaching from this um, preacher that I follow. Um, his name is um, Dr. Michael Yusuf. I really think you guys would benefit from his teaching. He's a wonderful teacher. Um, so this lesson is half his, half mine. And I don't want to take someone else's, you know, teaching. But I think since I learned a lot from it, I, I thought you guys would learn a lot from it as well. Um, so how to study the Bible, which is the Bible is our spiritual um, instructional manual. Before we start, who here? Enjoys reading manuals. Well, the real question is who actually reads them? Nobody. A car owner's manual? Yes. Yes, just figure out. So, no one likes the reading manuals. Um, I, I have to build something, but now I the instruction. I <laughs> So manuals, um, I don't read them. When I have an item, I open it, throw the manual away, try to figure out myself. Because um, who has time to read them? But 
True, but actually you'll be saving time and brain cells if you actually read the manuals and uh, figuring out how to actually fix it. But to be fair, to your credit, um, who needs like, it's like so long, like 50 pages of instructions and stuff on how to build a toy, a child's toy. So uh, I'm not reading it. For me, I, will, I would never read it. But the Bible, our spiritual manual, we have to read because we have the rest of our lives, you know? Um, it's not something you read and then you throw away. It is something every day you go back to. And every day it's new since it's the word of God. So similarly, um, we follow, when we follow our insights when it comes to reading manuals and building stuff, um, we will be lost and we won't have any sense of direction. Um, um, even with like, when direction is given to me, I'm still lost. Like when someone tells me, you drive here, go left, make a right, and then you find it's in the center. I'm like, okay. Instead of going left, I make a right, and I'm lost constantly. <laughs> I'm lost constantly. So, well, that's okay, you know. Um, I will never, I have terrible sense of direction, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, that's fine, and Esri, Esri, gosh, I can't speak, Ersley situations. But when it comes to, um, our spiritual being, our spiritual ability and sense of direction, it becomes deadly, um, it will be misleading, and we will create a misalignment with God if we don't read it the way it's supposed to be read. Uh, so um, we need to first understand it, read it, then apply it to our life, um, since it is what is our spiritual manual. Manual, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so if this is, I mean, this is not a joke, but if we don't read it carefully, um, we're probably missed Yes, but we will be lost for eternity. That is the consequences of not reading it properly. And I have also struggled with like reading the Bible and fully understanding it and even how to read the Bible and that's something everyone faces. So today, I hope I can give you like some insights and ways to start reading your Bible so you can actually break it down into bite sizes so it's fully graspable. I don't think that's a word, but something you can grasp. <laughs> um, so, uh, it is very it's very important to read the Bible, believe, and obey the Word of God on the daily basis. Reading your Bible is not a one-time thing. It's not a weekly thing. It should be a daily thing. Every morning, every night, if God's willing, um, it's something we should be reading and practicing. Um, so I'll give you three points on um, main points on how to read the Bible, or more like how do we carefully construct ourselves into understanding the Bible. Uh, but before that, I would like to cover the seven no-nos or, uh, <laughs> or the seven mistakes, or if you wanna, it's memorizable if you say, the seven deadly sins of reading the Bible. <laughs> The seven deadly sins or mistakes of when you're reading the Bible or what not to do. Um, so, you know, I like going through points and points. Number one. Oh, I, all, my, all of my lessons are points. Um, it's easier to remember lists. So, number one. Um, number one is proof texting. Who knows what that means? You're, you, you're, you're coming in with an assumption and you're reading just to get what you want. Yes. Ish. So, proof. Yes. Proof texting is taking the text. It's a theological term. It is taking the text out of the context. So, 
just reading the text with no context. One of the example is uh, if we read 2 Corinthians um, 12, 9, it says, my grace is sufficient. This is just an example quote that we can like look through of what, what not to do when you're proof text, what don't proof texting. So it's, my grace, it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So some people might take this and say, oh, God's power is perfect in my weakness, moral weakness. Um, so I don't really have to fix this weakness that I have. Um, Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like, well, my weakness, then it's, you know, it's fine. If God is saying his grace is sufficient, why do I have to fix this weakness that I have? Um, but if we look into the context of the story of what's going on when um, God said my grace is sufficient, uh, for my power is made perfect in the weakness, he is talking about Paul, Paul's suffering. Paul is suffering with physical illness. We don't know what it is. But he has asked the Lord three times to heal him. Um, so he wants this sickness to go away physically. It's not a moral question. Um, so, but the Lord tells him, no. He said, um, my power becomes perfect in the middle of your physical problem. So he is a man that was made to suffer for the glory of God. And that's it, he can't really do anything. So we can't take that out of the context and be like, okay, so um, I am sinning here. And you know, like if you're like stealing or something like that, um, that's a moral weakness that you have to fix. But you're saying, okay, but his grace is sufficient. I don't really have to do anything. Since it's glorifying God, his power will be bigger with my weakness. Um, <laughs> so it's very important that we know what the contexts say of the verses um, when we are reading the Bible. Also, I want to bring this up. Ezra, he's not here, but he always, <laughs> he has this. So if you pull Ezra aside and ask him, <laughs> if you ask him, what does the, uh, the TPT says, the Passion Translation? Oh and he asks him what it says, and he will, you know, the, pa the Passion Translation is a, a version of the Bible that people has translated. They say it is to glor describe and communicate and um, um, release God's word based on our word. So that's literally what their word says. Like these people that translate it, it's like a bunch of college students that think that are like translating the word of God. <laughs> They're translating the word of God based on what the but what they think God is saying. They're saying this is like the perfect love of God and this is his word. Um, but if you ask Ezra, he'll say the TBD <laughs> translation is Jesus died for my sins, so keep on sinning. <laughs> no. Did you say that? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, everybody cancel that commentary. No, some of the, you can't find it in some of the, it's not considered a real translation of the Bible. It's not even the whole Bible. It's not. It's just like the song. Yeah. No, I think it's good to use as like a reference. Yeah. Just don't fully just read TPT, please. Because <laughs> the whole Bible is not translated by them. So this is, we're not, the, I'm using the TPT as an example where it's like, they are using the word of God as overly emotional, very like romantic, and it's not, it's like, it's true, but rather it's more of a deep lesson, life lesson, a spiritual communication, and it is the word of God, it's more than that. It's something that gives us life, where God loves us, yes. Um, he cares for us, yes, but 
what, can we go farther than that? Can we show growth and understand what he's trying to communicate with us? So that's it. The proof texting is that's it makes it really dangerous when we're proof texting, taking the text out of the context and trying to interpret it to what we want it to be. I think Paul also mentioned that in Romans, where he's talking about those who say, well, if God's glory is, is shown in my sin, then why don't I just keep sinning? Am I not just showing his glory out? And <laughs> to that, he doesn't even respond to it. He says, you guys, you're not good. And then he moves on. Yeah. So even for something like that, he's like, that's, that's pretty deep. Only God can change your mindset on that because if you have that mindset reading really, it's comfortable mm -hmm. a lot yeah like you can go in and go oh my gosh so i can keep doing this what i need to do and mm -hmm. still follow god and give him glory oh my gosh and then it's good for him actually and it feels good but it's wrong it's, and it's dangerous and delusional too <laughs> um so number one is this is the seven that i'm try i'll try to go first <laughs> um what proof texting two is we must understand um, figure of speech in the Bible and not take everything literally. So the Bible uses a lot of figure of speech. So when Jesus said, for example, when Jesus said, if your, eye if your eyes cause you to stumble, what? Lock it out. So if we're taking this literally and not differentiating the figure of speech from actual actions, we will have... We all will be blind. We'll be blind. <laughs> the whole church will be blind. <laughs> yeah. If your hand. People have caused, done this. Yes. yes. Which is why it's very dangerous. <laughs> no, the figure of speech from actual literal meanings of words. Um, and also, we need to understand how the Hebrew, this is written in the Hebrew, so we need to understand what the Hebrew figure of speech is. This is, in Hebrew, this is expressing urgency. So when it says, if it's causing you sin, block it out. It means it's a very important thing. Your eyes are uh, the windows to your soul. And um, if there are, if you are looking at things lustfully, money, people, anything like that, and if it's causing you to sin, you need to turn back. That's what it's saying. Um, it's a, say, a saying not to allow your eye to wonder to worldly things. Rather, like, not literally pluck it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's important to understand um, what the figure of speech is. This is also another example is when Jesus was having the Last Supper. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. They didn't literally eat him. And drink this blood, and that's cannibalism. It is cannibalism. <laughs> um, so it's he's talking about he is communicating fig, using a figure of speech to describe his crucifixion mm -hmm. and how he will sacrifice and bleed out and die for their sin and our sin. So that's number two. Understand figure of speech. Three is not understanding historical and cultural setting of the Bible. Um, so whenever you're reading any book, you need to know where it's set at, what type of people it's addressing, and the culture of those people. If not, you won't understand anything. Um, for example, if in one of the examples, Elijah, when he was called by God to face and challenge the wicked king Ahab and his wife Jezebel, right? Yeah, and he um, He called on the Lord and like a fire rained out and Jesus showed his glory. So if we take that literally, so I just go to the government and be like, my God, he will rain down fire on you based on my, the Bible. I'm not saying don't believe it. But that is, it's like it, that Bible is talking about a specific call to one person, Elijah, um, a specific time in history, and it is uh, based on a specific time, uh, man in order for God using 
um, Elijah, God is trying to accomplish something he wants to accomplish. So it's probably different in our life. That's, it's not going to be the same thing as Elijah's world. So if we don't know what the history is and what the culture is, we won't really understand what we're reading. And we need to know that we're not Elijah, but um, and we're, not, we're never going to rain down um, fire. That's three. So understanding history, culture, studying of the Bible. Four is using a feel-good translation. I'm not going to go in deep with this. We already said don't use TPT. That's it. I use it as a reference, but not to actually study the Bible. Uh, number five, it is you do not read into the Bible what you want to read. Um, stop word hunting. Um, stop inspiration hunting or um, reading the Bible to feel good. Um, there's not a fortune machine or like a fortune cookie to tell you and predict the future for you. Um, it is the word of God that requires um, our full attention and dedication. Um, it is not a book full of an uh, inspirational quote. It is, you can be inspired by it, but not, you know, taking it out of context and to, contest, uh, to uh, inspire yourself or your desires. Okay, any questions so far? No? Okay, six. Yes. A lot of this that you're speaking about reminds me of hermeneutics. What? Hermeneutics. So it's basically like the philosophy and the theology of how you interpret the text of the Bible. It's like, uh, like you know how there's a Christian apologist? Mm -hmm. uh, like hermeneutics is how you interpret the Bible and how you that's, that's crazy. That's why I'm like in awe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. Uh, okay. Uh, I never heard of that. Thanks. Um, six. Um, do not ever think you are too capable, too smart, or too knowledgeable uh, to understand the Bible without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we're not reading words only. This is a word of God. So Holy Spirit have to be involved in it. Um, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we will never be able to fully understand what God is trying to communicate with us or gain any knowledge from it. The Holy Spirit is what? The one who inspire the writers of this book. He has depth knowledge of what's, what God is trying to communicate. So he is the author of the word of God. So if you're reading it without the Holy Spirit guidance, you will be uh, only reading it for intellectual levels, just to know that, to say, you know, the Bible, that's it, intellectually, but not fully be able to incorporate in your life. Or you twist it to suit your own purpose or your own um, ideology. And that's one of the biggest problems we have now. Everyone's twisting it to fit their own um, agenda. And people are following those agendas and ideologies in mass because they're not sitting down and reading it for themselves. Are you okay? <laughs> and finally, seven. This is, uh, this concludes our daily lesson of how um, not to read the Bible. Seven is you fail to apply or draw application of the word of God in your life, in your daily life. Um, there's this one quote that I really like. I wanna, it, it's by A.B. Simpson. He perfectly described how we must apply the word of God in our life. It goes, um, God has hidden every precious thing um, in such a way that it is a reward to the diligent, um, a prize to the earnest, but a disappointment to the um, slothful soul. So those who are not seeking, they're not gaining that precious um, wisdom that only is found in the word of God. So 
Uh, this means those who seek to understand and are diligent, diligently um, um, communicating with the Holy Spirit, receive the truth while um, those doing it out of, you know, obligation. Just because, you know, your mom tells you to read the Bible, you know, you have to read something, so you read it. Uh, um, it... When you're doing it just out of obligation, it creates more question. Um, it creates a, a skepticism, and it also creates disbelief. Um, and then you'll be more prone to be strayed away from the word of God. So let's be really mindful of how we read the Bible um, or our reading habits. So and I talked about the, the seven... Um, sense of how mistakes of how not to read the Bible. Let's talk about um, how do we read it? Do you guys have any guess? How do you actually read the Bible? Any takers? No, ma'am. Is that how you, I'm just asking. No, yeah, it's just, I need like if you're reading a chapter, read the chapter before you get the context. Uh, or just read the whole thing together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It helps out. Yeah, it helps out to read the whole thing. Uh, no, like. <laughs> just that's any. Any? Do you have anything to add? How do you read it? Um, I would say read it with an open mind. Um, just completely forgetting what you know. Not coming in with, okay, I already know this, mm -hmm. and just glossing over it. If you read it as new, which it is new every day, then you'll, you'll give yourself a chance on, on like getting something fresh and mm -hmm. inspiring. Not, not inspiring, but new. <laughs> you I use the word that you <laughs> No, you could be inspired. I was trying <laughs> not to say word that you know, like, like hey, new right. that you've never understood before. You see something in a new light. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's true. Anyone else? I think praying before you start reading for God to open your eyes and your heart. Yes. That's very important. Why yes. just pray before you eat? Probably. Stop. Exactly. <laughs> I think also. <laughs> um, I think also reading it, expecting something. I think oftentimes it, it becomes a habit where you just open the Bible because I have to. Mm -hmm. And so when you start reading, you're like, I'm not understanding anything. Or this is, this is you know, I read this last week. Mm -hmm. this, you know, I already know this stuff. It's easy for it to be, like, routine. Which, there's nothing wrong with routine, but when you go in and you start thinking, oh, I already know this, oh, I know this, I do this already. You can also get prideful when you're reading mm -hmm. and you don't actually try to expect something new out of it. And I think that's also what Baruch was saying. If you come in with a hardened heart, thinking mm -hmm. you know things, thinking, mm -hmm. oh, let me just add to the knowledge I already have, you can't mix your sinful thoughts and, mm -hmm. and what you think you know that is right with what is actually right. Because I think that's where also the twisting comes from. I, I laughed when you were talking about, um, what was it? When people take the word out of context. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many things that people will use to, to, to do their more progressive mm -hmm. arguments, and it twists, they twist the Bible so much. And honestly, it makes sense to someone who doesn't read the Bible. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that totally makes sense, you're right. Like, imagine, <laughs> I just always go back to thinking, like, if I didn't know the word myself, mm -hmm. I would be so lost as well. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because I know the word. Yeah. And, but to them, it makes sense because they're already coming in with the thoughts like, Mm -hmm. 
like um, what Beanie was talking about, as far as like, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament, knowing and being aware of where you are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, th this is all history-based. Yeah. Okay, this is, I have to look at it this way. And you can't take everything literally there. It's just reading it with intentionality. Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what it is. And there are some things that you would also have to have insight on um, spiritually, too, because most of it is spiritual. Yeah. You can't have everything. You can't do it literally. You have to really be inspired by yeah. the Holy Spirit to move it. And then there are actual historical contexts that's literally written yeah. as far as what is dated and everything. So mm -hmm. Everything is situated accordingly to how the Bible is said. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you started this, you said when you, the Bible is to be read, believed, and obeyed. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the believing part is, um, you know, sometimes if like we're, when we're discussing whether it's in a Bible study or something, we come up, we somehow we get into these like really confusing questions where we don't get to an answer. And you're like, it's not even in the Bible. Why is it not in the Bible? Maybe it's because it's not really important for us to understand. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, on the flip side, there are so many things in the Bible that you wouldn't think are useful. Like names, yeah, genealogies, and this guy lived for 960-something years. Like, there are so many things that are just pure, plain history that you would think, what, what, is, what is this for me? What, what use does it have? But part of believing, I think, is believe that that piece of text has reason to be there mm -hmm. and it was inspired by the Holy Spirit and like if, if it was if some parts were cut out for for the reason of us not needing it when it is included in the Bible there is reason for it to be there right um, I said earlier that I'm interested in reading car owners manuals mm -hmm. that's not because I run into a problem and then I read it mm -hmm. it's usually like when everything is fine I read it just because you know it's fun to read and, and, and my, my thought of reading it is like, there, there are some hidden secrets that I might not know that, that could be interesting. I was like, oh, well, I want to find out because I'm interested. Yeah. And I believe that you would do that for anything else, right? Yeah. And with, with the Bible, it's the same thing. If you believe that whatever you read has very juicy hidden secrets in it, you're like, oh, I want to read this. Not because I'm, not because I'm, I'm hunting for something, but mm -hmm. just because you know, it's... I'm really interested. I have the desire to know the secrets and the secret truths of God. So I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Even the things that I think I might know, I'll just read through it. Yeah. Yeah. These are all great points. Um, but the main thing is from out of what all of you guys said, we're reading the Bible um, as not something just to read. It's we are studying rather than, I don't like using the, re the reading, we're studying. So when you're studying for something, you're seeking knowledge, right? Yeah. Where you're trying to understand every single bit of that information so you can break it down, so you can understand how it works. So like, for example, in biology, if you want to learn about genetics, you have to go from all the way to the parents and then break it down to the children. And then you have to look at what type of gene they have, what type of DNA they have, what type of RNA they have. How is that making this type? Why do they have black eyes instead, brown eyes instead of blue? If what kind of hair color do they have? And how is this recessive? How is this dominant? So when you're breaking it down like that, and if we're doing the same manual, the same way of studying you know, our school stuff, if we can break it down like that, <laughs> do you not study? <laughs> no, I know, it just flows. <laughs> uh, if we actually do it diligently like that with the Bible, we will gain so much knowledge. But with that, it's just not knowledge. It has to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we have to, there's some steps we have to take in order to fully grasp what God is saying to us. So these three things are more of like, a question we have to ask while we're reading the Bible so we can break it down, um, so we can fully understand what's going on. Number one is, what does the Bible say to the original reader? So this is readers. So this is written for 
different type of people in different type of time. So how is that going to apply to me? So one is, how does the Bible, what does the Bible say to the original readers? Two is, what does the Bible mean, what it says? I'll, I'll explain all of these one by one. And three, how can this apply to me today? So one, um, what does the Bible say to the original readers? Um, we have to always remember when we're reading the Bible, this is written by people led by the Holy Spirit for specific people at a specific time, meaning this information is written for a group of people that are um, God's chosen people that um, God wants to address. So if we take example of Moses, um, in the book of uh, the Exodus, it's written for people who, are, who have been in slavery in Egypt that are used to, they've been enslaved, what, 400 years after Joseph died in Egypt, um, and they have been enslaved. All they know is idolatry of the Egyptian people. They don't really have any relationship with God. So this, is, this book is for people that are new and technically they're newer in um, their faith, even though they're chosen people. So these are this, the Holy Spirit's addressing those people. So if you're a non-believer and you're coming to Christ, that book would be great for you. How do you get away from idolatry? How do you truly uh, fulfill the commitment God has given you so you can get to the promised land? Promised land being, you know, having that life in the eternity with God. So versus when we compare that with anything Paul wrote to the church, um, he wrote um, multiple letters to like different audience. He is addressing us. These are for people that are believers. Um, so he is this problem that we'll be facing as the church right now. So if... To be honest, nowadays, there isn't any problem that have not been addressed by Paul's letter. If we, because he talked about a lot of things during his letter to the church. So that's easy for us to go in there like, okay, he talked about this, okay? And then this is what we're facing right now. It's the same thing that they were facing back then. So what is the solution for this? And then he always tells them the solution. Um, so, this is why we need to know who the original readers are. Are these people non-believers? God is trying to draw them out from that non-believing state into his glory. Or is it for believers? And is he addressing the issues within the church? Um, we can actually do this exercise. If we, if someone would open 1 Corinthians 1, and we'll read it from there. Just uh, 1 Corinthians 1. Yep. Just read it. Yeah, just read it. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Mm -hmm. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Mm -hmm. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of this grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. Mm -hmm. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you are eager as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm -hmm. I appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. 
One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the, same, in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in, the na in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus beyond that. I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with, the, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Okay, you can stop there. Okay, so let's break it down and identify things so we can get the main points out of the story of um, the first Corinthians. So who's writing the Bible? Who's, I mean, who's writing this book? Paul. Who's the speaker? Paul. Hmm? Paul. Was it? Was it Paul or, or the, the, the Holy the Spirit? Or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> speaker is the Holy Spirit. Written by who? Paul. Okay. Who are the people he's addressing? Corinth. Church. Of, yes. And what is the problem? Division. Yes. But he does give them what? Praise for their spiritual gifts. Yes. They do have spiritual gift. But their issue is division. And they're fighting about what? Who they follow. Who they follow. So some say, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, Cephas, and then some says, I follow Christ. So the problem is, like you guys said, it's division. Um, so this, what's the solution that Paul's offered? He offered a solution there. He said, yeah, he said, he mainly said that Paul state that Christ is not, is not divided. He's not divided. He is saying that, and he's Paul, so he has to be dramatic. He's like, I don't know, y'all. I, did I die for you on the cross? I don't think it's dramatic. <laughs> I think he's saying it in a way. He's very passionate. He's very passionate. He's angry that they're divided, even though they have the spiritual gift. And they're dragging his name and using him as an excuse to put their forth, to put forth their own agenda. So they're saying they, they're dividing each other. So he's saying, um, I did not die for you. The only person that died for you is Jesus Christ, and that's who you should follow. So he is offering the solution. So if we read the Bible this way, if we break it down, who's the speaker, who's the writer, okay. What's the setting is, for this one is the church, and um, who the people are that he's addressing, the audience. If we're looking at what the problem is, because in the Bible there's always a problem and there's always a solution given. It's usually the solution is gone. But <laughs> um, it does give you practical solutions as well. So if we do it this way, we're able to break down the Bible into bite size and address the question we have and then find the answer for them. So we won't be confused um, or use the Bible as a, a spiritual magazine. And a quote. No, I don't think that is. Um, um, so if we read it this way we will be actually be able to use it as our spiritual manual, manual. yeah given um, to live by daily okay so that's number one one is what does the Bible say to the original reader so we identify the original reader so two we must ask ourselves, what does the Bible mean what it says? And how can I know what it's being said to me? And we already answered this question. Um, the answer to, that, to this is we are reading the Bible. When we are reading, whenever we're reading the Bible, we need to take it seriously, which means we have to ask the guidance of the Holy Spirit um, to, really, to reveal what is being said so we can gain true knowledge. Additionally, to understand the full picture of the Bible, 
we need to go farther ourselves. If you're studying, you got to be serious, right? If we're reading the Bible, got to be serious about it. So get a biblical dictionary. We have all of those. There are um, Bibles with history that you can read so you can actually look at where are they sitting? What's the country they're at? What's the culture of those people? Um, it's not truly, like, it's not a waste of money to actually go out and buy these type of things to help you actually understand and break down the Bible. So there are many great resources that we can use so we can understand and our, uh, uh, what the Bible means and what it's saying to me and how can, why, how can I know what it's being said. So asking the Holy Spirit, applying it to our life and reading it diligently using other resources that we have at hand. Um, this will help us to know the Bible intimately, not just something we memorize, but we actually apply, which um, takes me to my third point, which is how can this apply to me today? So the Bible was written like a long time ago. It was like 2,000 years. Has it been 2,000 years? Yeah. Uh, more than 2,000 years. So how can... <laughs> Still 2,000. <laughs> 3,000. Uh, I'm not adding to that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Um, so how is that going to apply to me if it's been written like so long ago and I'm in this world and the Bible is not being actively written anymore and how do I make that take that Bible and actively put it into my daily life. So um, this is the easy answer to this is when we practice asking the Holy Spirit for guidance to understand what we're reading, he will reveal this knowledge. He's not being secretive. He just wants you to ask. Truly ask. Then you will uh, receive. So the more we rely on the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and understand what is written, the more we will feel connected to the Holy Spirit, who will let us know what part we're reading is for us. So this is where the inspiration came. So being inspired by the Bible is okay when it's spiritually led. So when you're connected to the Holy Spirit and asking, hey, how do I apply this truly into my life? He will encourage you. Hey, this, you, he'll show you the verse that this is an encouragement for you. Or it will be, this is a warning for you. Or this is, um, I'm rebuking you based on what this text say. Or it will be, I'm challenging you to do this as these people did for me. You know? So it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. As long as you don't go hunting for, you know, um, inspiration when you're being inspired by the Holy Spirit and it's led by the Holy Spirit it will truly be fruitful in your life and that's how you apply it to your daily life um, so when we are diligent and we're applying it and following the Spirit our eyes open on our our understanding will multiply uh, we will have more insight and receive more knowledge from God um, as we spend time with God, um, and then we're like feeding on his word, um, he will show us the way, and he will feed you, he will grow you, um, and help you go from one point of glory to a higher one. Um, to the one that is greater. <laughs> um, However, main thing is when you're reading the Bible, it requires discipline, and that's something uh, we all lack. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> um, discipline, discipline and habits, creating a habit of reading the Bible every day. Um, and um, this, um, sorry, I lost my thread of thought. Sorry. Um, Requires discipline, discipline, dedication, and um, hunger, constant hunger for the word of God um, so we can apply it to our life. Um, 
Well, now I'm getting to the end of my uh, teaching. Um, I want to, this is another quote I really like. This is another theologian. <laughs> His name is Charles Darwin. Uh, oh, no, that's not Charles Darwin. <laughs> it's Spurgeon, yeah. It's, everyone knows this theology. He's very famous. He, you know, he like didn't drop out of school, and he's a dropout, and he like <laughs> he was at fifteen. He was at fifteen. It was at high school. Middle school, not high school. No, 15 is high school. No, no, he. He dropped out, but. He's. I don't know if he went back. But he's a. He's. We all read his books. All. Everybody who is a Christian. No, no. <laughs> that means he actually seeked for knowledge and found understanding from the Bible. I'm just saying, you don't have to be very intellectual. You don't have to be knowledgeable. Just come as you are and seek knowledge. Ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit, and he will reveal it for you. So this is one of his quotes. Um, um, it says, the Bible has wrestled with me. They're wrestling. They're wrestling. <laughs> it's the Bible. <laughs> um, so, the Bible has wrestled with me. The book has smitten, smitten me. The book has comforted me. This book has confronted me. Um, this book has smiled upon me. This book has frowned on me. This book clasped my hand. This book warmed my heart. This book weeped with me and singed with me. It whispers to me. Um, it preaches to me. It maps up my way and holds up my ongoings. It is young man's, oh, young woman's, I will add that, um, best companion. <laughs> Why are you misquoting him? <laughs> best. <laughs> Okay, his word is young man, okay? Um, it is still my morning and evening chapel. Um, so, he like perfectly described what the Bible is, at least to me. So, simply put, the Bible is our daily spiritual bread and food. So, if we're not eating and not being fed spiritually, we're gonna die. You go hungry. You go hungry. Huh? <laughs> um, so, I'll leave you with this. Find great sources to um, use to diligently study the Bible because, and apply it to your life because it's really important. Because as we know now, uh, when we are seeing the world and how the church is, when we neglect to read the Bible, the people of God fall um, churches become blind, literally, this time they don't pluck their eyes out. They just literally spiritually become blind. Um, and then wolves and sheep clothing will lead the people astray from God. Like you said, um, if you just because you knew what the word is for yourself, when people say random things to you and try to argue, it's like, no, that's not what the Bible says. Like, let me, if you're looking at it in context, that's not what it means. Um, um, so you'll be able to protect yourself um, and also yeah, arm yourself with the word of God and the knowledge of the Bible um, and you'll be led by the Holy Spirit so you know the truth from the lies of the enemy so mm, read your Bible is that cool? no, I said that must oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. The only thing I added is young woman, but. <laughs> he said. I'll send it to you. Um, is it a speech? 
No, it's uh, right. Yeah. But it's like really perfect. But yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Um, add on to the going back to the basics. So God is real. The book is the word of God. Now we have learned how to read the Bible. So there shouldn't be any excuse. No, no excuse. Any question? Concerns? Comments? Yes. Okay. Uh, I see that a lot of people either Christian, non-Christian, they kind of neglect either all of the Bible or some parts of it, mm -hmm. saying that, oh, this was written like years ago, and it, it's not relevant today. Like, it doesn't apply to our society, therefore it doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. And when, when they say that, they're really putting, they're limiting God into like a certain era of time, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying this only applies at the time that it was written. And they're saying God only knows the world and, and people at the time that it was written. They, he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't know the kind of people that would exist today. Mm -hmm. right? he, he's not going to know what they deal with. Right? He's not going to know all their, all their needs. Right? He's not going to understand how they think. Right? Uh, but that's completely wrong. God is completely out of time. We're the only ones that are in time. Mm -hmm. He was there before the beginning and after the end. Um, so when he gives us the Holy Spirit and he inspires the writing of the Bible, he's, he's writing it for all time, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's relevant every time. And um, if you compare it to like worldly books, um, what came to my mind is Shadi's reading some book, right? It's like a fat book about uh, diagnosis. Oh. <laughs> and, and we were DSM looking at DSM-5? DSM-5. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Because did you that's the DSM-5. So that's a diagnostic <laughs> book. So DSM, you can, you can say more about it. But DSM-5 is like the fifth version, right? Yes. And it's a, there's like another edition, like DSM-5 TR, so text revision. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Being revised. Every so often, 10, 10, 20 years, they come up with a new version. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because we're discovering exactly. new we're, diagnosis. Yeah, we're, there, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. looking at new problems, and they're like, oh, we need to like inform people about this, and, and <laughs> research and publish new material about this. Mm -hmm. That's because we only know what we know now, and we're not gonna, we can't predict what's going to happen. Like, yeah. Oh, so this person is going to start having these problems, like this... We're not gonna know because we only know what we know now, but but the Bible is not like that. Mm -hmm. It does. It's not. It has multiple versions, but that's not because you know we we're figuring out new you know ways to like illustrate things. Mm -hmm. But that's it's, they're just versions. They're 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 all saying the same thing. So it, it, nothing has to be added or taken away or modified about the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's it's just different ways of illustrating. Um, so going back as God is is just he's beyond our scope of time and what what he writes and what he presents is relevant in every way it's relevant to everyone in every way um, so that's that's how we should look at it yes okay <laughs> um, so I guess you can label this a concern um, but just to sharpen everybody's story here, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Oh no, now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Baruch, you were talking about when you were saying, um, some people say that some parts of the Bible is like, oh, it's too old, you know, it was written thousands of years ago, how does it apply to me today? Mm -hmm. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about which parts of the Bible we should ignore, like pork eating and... Wearing different mixes of cloth in our clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't have cotton and silk and cotton and straw together. That's sinful. And it is in the Bible. And we know that that doesn't apply to us today. But how would you also explain things that are in that realm of the Old Testament? Because along with that, we have fornication, adultery, mm -hmm. um, all those sexual tendencies that are immoral. Mm -hmm. How would you be able to explain to either a non believer or to somebody who's mm -hmm. new as a believer? The difference between, like, how would you explain the discernment of different things that are said in the Old Testament, New Testament, 
that seem outdated because I mean that's that's one of the biggest problems today in Christianity terms. People saying, well, this is right due to like they they a lot of people take it to like oh this is what I think, mm -hmm. not what is actually true. Like my interpretation is this. Like that's that's why so I'm gonna use homosexuality. Mm -hmm. How am I shaking? <laughs> Are you scared? Am I scared? <laughs> I don't actually ask herself the question. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, homosexual tendencies is a big topic that comes up in uh -huh. these kinds of talks, uh -huh. where it's like, well, it's not hurting anybody. I mean, there's also the the, the thoughts that sin is sin because it hurts somebody, not because it's a sin towards God. So they're like, oh, I mean, it hurts God. That's that's the whole point of sin. It's disobedient to God, but people have turned around and said, hey, you know, we're not actually hurting anybody when we're committing adultery or doing these sexual tendencies or partying. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just doing it by myself. So how can it be sinful? But I think, I think I went off topic. But how would you be able to discern from everything in the Bible to say, well, this is the stuff that Jesus has said I fulfilled. And this is the stuff. And I know that there's... Um, moral laws mm -hmm. and communal laws and sacrificial laws. Um, sure. But how would you be able to explain that in a way where people would be able to understand? Or the There's ones who are willing to understand? Mm -hmm. Because well, there are some ones like... Yeah. How would you be able to... Because this is a question I've been asked. So I was mm -hmm. there like... I was dead. My sword was not sharpened then. But I'm helping y'all now. Sharpen it. I got a whole Sharpen your swords. Yeah. Okay. I'm I was faced with this question so that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do we know? Because some people still do the, what's that, apostolic? Apostolic. Apostolic. Yeah. Whatever they're, the Reformation people. Yeah. They like the dresses and the hair. Mm -hmm. So, like, technically to them, we're saying. Well, Isn't that the same thing as like what you're convicted in? Yes, but there are laws yeah. like to. There are certain laws that God has given us in the Old Testament. That's there isn't one. Don't eat pork on the, like the commitments, the ten commitments that God gave us. Those are like the moral guidelines of that He gave us, right? Yeah. So those are like since you cannot like you can't not look at your friend's wife lustfully. That is a sin yeah. over like you're going to eat pork, which he addressed on the New Testament when he said. No, no, there's also a uh, verse about it where he um, if. If you're eating food and it's a stumbling block for your brother, don't oh, eat it in front of them. Yeah, don't re eat them in front of them. By, yeah. by yourself, you can eat all you want, as long as it's not creating a moral issue of that person. Yeah, there's, there's two different interpretations. You can't compare an apple to an orange. Yeah. There's two very different things. But what you wear, as opposed to sexual immorality, two very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But like with clothes, I mean, it can lead into sexual immorality, yeah. but you have to know like, what you're interpreting. Like, what is it is saying? Yeah, like, it's immoral and literal. It's like someone outside of the circle. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a, it's a valid question. Mm -hmm. why, why do, like, if pork and sexual immorality is the same sin, like, why are you going to hold me to eating this if you're going to do? Like, it's a valid question of which I don't really have the answer. I, to me, it makes sense in my head because we all follow it. I, I, I see it more as like a like a there's one curse God, and also the food thing like does it take you away? I don't think people mm -hmm. that like don't cut their hair, mm -hmm. like wear dresses. I don't think they're necessarily wrong, and God would be like, oh, why are you still following the laws? It's more of like where your heart's at. Yeah. Um, yeah, personal conviction comes into all of this if you're a Christian, but if the question is being presented by someone who is a non-believer, and they're trying to say, why can't I be homosexual when you can eat pork? Something like that. Yeah. Trying to compare that. I mean, to be honest, God destroyed the world because of homosexuals. So I don't know. Like, maybe like, it's not because they were eating pork that he, <laughs> he ran fire. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
It's a very selfish way. It's actually selfish. To them, they don't think of it as hurting someone because there's no real visible immediate mm -hmm. inf infliction of you know hurt, right? Like when I'm, uh, you know, if, if I have a wife and mm -hmm. I look at someone's someone else's wife and I commit adultery, I could be like, mm, what if I wanted her and she wanted me? I ain't hurting no one. But you're you're hurting the other the other husband and you're hurting your own wife, mm -hmm. right? But you hurt yourself when yeah. you're, you're, you're true. Yeah. Like that in the yeah. And, and that's with a lot of other sins. Like a lot of a lot of sins are, are very, you know, especially the ones that we fall into because we're tempted because of our natural uh, inclinations and, and feelings. Those don't look like they hurt, but they, they do, not just you know externally, but they hurt us as well mm -hmm. in the, like in the in the long run. And, and a lot of laws, whether they're moral, sacrificial, ceremonial, mm -hmm. uh, all of those, they have a purpose, right? Um, and they, they could be, th those purposes could only be relevant in, in that time. Like for example, um, eating, eating pork, uh, th that law could have existed because they didn't have, you know, pigs are na naturally very dirty, right? They eat whatever they want. Uh, you could say that about catfish too. So, when, when they consume that, they're killing their bodies, right? If it's, if it's something that will, that will bring harm to them, then they shouldn't eat that. And you know, if you think of it as we're all God's temple, right? Mm -hmm. We don't eat poison, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't eat things that we're not supposed to. So it's not really about it's, it's a law or it's not a law. It's like, am I, am I benefiting myself? Is this healthy for me to consume? Right, and, and a lot of other laws are also like that. They have they have a purpose. They're not just laws to be laws, right? Um, like like Noah said, some I don't really know about the material, like the the clothing material, and why why that matters. Um, but you know, it, it's every command, every law has a purpose, mm -hmm. and and it's not there just to you know fill a bullet point yeah. Yeah. and to make people's lives more strict, right? Um, and and when, when Christ came, he, he said, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't come to, to eradicate or, or erase the law. I, I came to, to fulfill it. And, and we, we're not saved by, our salvation is not by following rules and regulations and laws. It's, it's by accepting his grace, right? Um, and, and I think if we hold on to, like, what... Where do I draw the line? Where do I draw the line between hurting someone and and, and being being this saint? Mm -hmm. Then we're not really like we're not trusting in God and and, and Christ's work, right? Uh, so I think it's hard to, to to have that question presented to you and say, well, like for for someone that that hasn't been used to you know this ideology of. Mm -hmm. The, a law, a law is a law, especially back then, because they they wanted certain rules. Mm -hmm. They they wanted something to follow, mm -hmm. uh, and and they wanted something to like achieve their righteousness by, because they didn't have anything. They were like, we want, we want. They wanted so many things. We want a king. We want all mm -hmm. these things. Um, but you know, now we're we're in this time of grace, right? We 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 accept grace first, and we live as people who accepted the gift of grace and and as those people we're not we're not abusing that grace and saying oh well I should sin more so that grace may increase mm -hmm. <laughs>